Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the number one seed in the AFC overall, Cincinnati Bengals and Jackpot Joey Burrow. And of course, my University of Cincinnati Bearcats, who are still number two in the country. Love it, I love it, I love it. All right, guys, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,409 subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. So if you're watching on Twitter or if you're watching on Facebook and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please do so. Go to Sports Strawberry Ice on YouTube. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also exclusively in the YouTube chat. We're doing super chat, so if you'd like to support what I'm doing, or if you really want to make sure that I see your comments, because I got 35 people in here watching, which is awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, give me a super chat, and I will bring it up as fast as I can. Now, we got a great show planned for you today. One of my favorite guys, one of my favorite guests, he's Anthony Kazenza. <laughs> Anthony, what's going on, brother? <laughs> I like the hat. Jeffrey, what's going on, buddy? How what's you up, doing? Good, man. Good, man. I, 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 I like that hat. Looks, looks good on you. Yeah, I'm calling you Jeffrey. I'm being really formal and fancy with you today. Uh, I I hope that's not like Tony for me because I don't like Tony. Uh, I'm, I'm always <laughs> well, angry, so I apologize. Well, but what, dude, we're, five, the, we're five. In my two. neighborhood, everybody called me Jeffy. <laughs> I didn't really no. like that one. <laughs> no, I wouldn't like that one either. I wouldn't like Jeffy either. But, uh, there, was, there was another Jeff uh, on the street. So he was older than me, so I was Jeffy. So like whatever. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, Iceman, Jeffrey, whatever, dude. I'm good with it. What's no, going on, I, man? 
You know what? That that song to open your show, I always liked it, but it just is hitting a little different this week. Exactly, uh, it, exactly. is, it is a, a hyped up week based on what we saw Sunday, based on all the national media attention we've been getting. Uh, I'm getting a suntan, if you can't tell. Uh, obviously, Yeah, but time of day. I've been doing shows this time of day, and it's like brutal <laughs> in this room that I do it in, but it's like one of the only, only places I can do it. At any rate, man, uh, feeling pretty good. Worried about a little bit of a trap game this weekend, but hey, look, this, this one this last Sunday was one of the best I can remember in recent memory. Oh, it was awesome. I was, I, I've been worried about trap games. I, I thought a trap game was going to be the Detroit game, and that ha- that yeah. didn't happen. So I, I'm fairly confident we're going to go in here and, and, and kick their ass. But by the way, uh, sun's out, guns out. I, I got to say that with, with the T-shirt and the sun and everything. <laughs> I, I like it. It looks good. But Nick already beat me to the punch. But Joey B, Jackpot Joey Burrow, has been named FedEx Air Player of the Week. Also, the chosen one, Jamar Uno Chase, Offensive Player of the Week. So that's two two titles down for them. Dude, it's we dropped 41 on the Ratbirds. I mean, Anthony, I, I don't know about you. I think you're kind of the same boat I was. I thought they could, they had a chance to win. I did not think they would blow them out. I thought it'd be like, you know, a field goal or a touchdown. I thought it'd be a, a tight AFC North divisional game. We kicked our ass. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a big beat down. Look, man. The two of the two of the toughest game. I mean, they've had three in my estimation. They've had three pretty tough opponents. Maybe four if you want to count the Vikings in there. Um, I, the the toughest games though, going into Pittsburgh and going into Baltimore. You go on the road if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and those are two teams that have pushed you around traditionally. At least the Ravens more so in the Zach Taylor era. Marvin Lewis had some decent success against the Ravens, but I think you get my point. Bengals have outscored those two teams on their home turfs by 38 total points this year. That's it, incredible. It, it, That's it's incredible. unbelievable. And Anthony, if you're looking back at the two losses, we lost both those games by three points. If Joe Burrow throws one less interception, if Evan Money Mc, McPherson, if he makes a field goal, we're 7-0. Yep. I mean, it, that's that's how close this is. I mean, and then people, then everybody will be talking about, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the Bengals up there with with uh, the Cardinals. I mean, it's it's ridiculous of how much, how the national media has all of a sudden just flipped it. You know what? Wow, the Bengals are pretty good. Like, well, no, duh. <laughs> yeah. We're saying that. Now, the surprising thing to me has been this defense. I thought they'd be good, but not this good. They're, they're dominating, dude. They're, they're, they've been playing unbelievable this was probably i mean you could you could look at kansas city and patrick mahomes that game coming down the pike um you know there's some other nice nice teams and good quarterbacks that the teams uh, that the Bengals will face this year that raiders game by the way is looking more and more interesting as the weeks go on but are you you gonna go to that game i heard you say try to i'm I'm, I'm working on it yeah are you going to that no, I'd love to. I've, uh, I, I, I wish Bengal Jim is who's the fan of the year is going to every freaking road game. Yeah, I'm like I'm happy for him. I'm also jealous because I'd love to do that, but I, yeah. I just don't have, I don't have the, the, the time or money to do it. I, I'm, I got the season tickets, so I'm good with that for right now. Yeah. Uh. So, but anyway, I mean, this was the game this week that was, I think, arguably the biggest test for the defense that that would really show us. Where, where this group has grown, what Luana Rumo has done, just how good they are, because I've said this a bunch of times. I think I've said it on your show, too. But I think that the offseason acquisitions of the past two years, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's the draft or free agency, most of those moves were predicated on beating the Baltimore Ravens and the type of offense that they like to play running the ball, whether it's with their quarterback or running backs using tight ends Mm -hmm. and Lamar improving as a passer this year. Um, You know, those were the moves when the Bengals bulked up on the defensive line, when they invested heavily in the draft at linebacker the year prior, I think I really thought that that pointed to, we need to start beating the Baltimore Ravens and, or at least be competitive in these games. And the defense is letting us down largely in those games. And, uh, lo and behold, you know, I mean, Lamar had some stats, but I mean, they got, it got to a point where they had two fourth, you know, fourth down stops in the second half. And, uh, you know, they only forced, uh, you know, they, they, 
they weren't forcing a ton of turnovers or anything like that, but they just did things well. Sacks yeah. the quarterback a lot, contained him, and limited the big plays. So, uh, you know, credit to the defense. Big credit to Luana Rumo and the things that he is doing. The more and more you look at the film, the more you see just the, the weird concepts and diverse concepts he is drawing up on defense, which is really, really cool to see. And one thing, Jeff, I wanted to ask you about this. What's up? It seems as if the defense, to me, is playing a bit more instinctual and 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 things are coming naturally to me or to them in terms of what's being asked of them. I don't know if you see that too. It just seems more, everything's more natural and thus the results are there. Whereas before it just kept kind of seem like seeming like a learning curve and all kinds of different things that were occurring. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but no, it, no, that, that totally makes sense. It's they're getting used to what they, they have to do. They don't have to think so much about where they're supposed to be. That, yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's natural. They know where they're supposed to. And that's the one thing I said about this defense and, and the offense in this game, it's Baltimore. They were where they were supposed to be on damn near every play. I mean, what we had one, we had one penalty. I right. mean, that's that's awesome. And 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 the defense, what they did a great job of is containing Lamar. They they didn't go past him. Like even when they did go past him, the one time they did go past him, uh, Sam Hubbard came back and sacked him because Lamar Jackson, I think he was so discombobulated, he actually had a lane to run through, and Sam Hubbard came back and sacked him, and Lamar didn't move. So yeah, I, I yeah exactly what you're saying. I, I think they they're. They're not thinking. They don't. They know what Lou wants. They they know what the scheme is. They understand. They're all bought in. And that was, I think, part of the problem with the guys that Lou had there before. Guys weren't bought into this. You know, they didn't. You know, they didn't agree with what Lou wanted them to do. Well, he's got guys like and like. I'll take a, a word from Zach Taylor. They got the right guys in the building. I think they had the right guys in the building now, offensively and defensively. To get her to Dustin Cross five dollar uh, super chat here. Appreciate you, man. Totally shocked about the start. However. We have caught these teams pretty banged up. The rematches will be interesting. Enjoy this nonetheless. Yeah, I agree. They are banged up, but and I'm I'm trying to tell Bengals fans too this too. Enjoy this because we have not had this in at least five years. So you definitely need to enjoy this. And but I I still think even even if as banged up as some of these teams are, the way the Bengals are playing, I still think we can beat them. The I get that argument by Dustin. Right. Uh, I, I, I do understand that. However, I think there would be a little more validity to it if we're talking about three-point wins against the Steelers, maybe a two-point win against the Ravens, and it was just like a you know a white knuckler the the entire time. And I mean, we're talking about a game in in Baltimore mm-hmm. wherein the Bengals backups were were playing, and Lamar Jackson was on the bench, and not because the Baltimore Ravens were blowing out the Bengals. It was the opposite. Yes. And when you're talking about the Steelers game, that's a two touchdown game where it was a lot of garbage time stats and a lot of catch up, catch up, catch up by the Steelers throughout that entire game. So yes, I understand. And I, I, I there is a little bit of a, a concern in terms of those teams being healthier later in the year, but these were road wins and these were wins by decisive amounts of points so if you want to say maybe these aren't the same Steelers team or Ravens teams that you're going to see later in the year, okay. But the Bengals handled business and did so very emphatically based on mm-hmm. the, the score disparity. Exactly. Now, I wish I was going with this guy, uh, Jago. He said, my cousin and I are driving to MetLife to see the game oh, versus nice. the Jets today. Yeah. Hey, come pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. I wish I was. Uh, I want to get to this. I'm trying to get back to the top of the chatter because there's a couple – Couple uh, comments here. I did not get to get to. Let's see where is that, that one. Oh, here it is, Richard. And I'm kind of. I've read this a couple of times. I'm trying to. Maybe you can help me out with this one, Anthony. Try to figure out what he's actually trying to say. He says, "Hey, Jeff, your boy should get more of Chase getting the ball in the end zone." As he is, are you saying, Richard? Are you saying that Chase needs more touchdowns? Or I'm not really sure. I, I, you got me intrigued. <laughs> That's why I brought it up because I want I want you to type it a little better or something so I can understand. Unless you can decipher it for me, Anthony. I I can't really decipher that because I don't even know what what more you could ask for from Jamar Chase and really Joe Burrow at this point in time. I mean, it's aside from the one poor game by 
Burrow in the in the Bears game, and a lot of that also came with a poor offensive line showing in that game. This is this is a lot of what you wanted from Burrow to chase, and um, you know the the I, I don't know I, I can't really figure out what what they're asking there, but um, the I, I don't really know uh, what what else to say about it. I will say this: I want to go back a second to what you were talking about in terms of the right guys in the building and the confidence yeah. and all that kind of thing. The yeah. confidence in this team that I'm seeing is not only in individual confidence in their own abilities, but they are confident that the guys that they are playing with yes. are going to be doing their respective responsibilities exactly in the right places and the right positions. And additionally, Burrow, the guy who might be the most confident person I've ever seen, um, <laughs> these interceptions get a little frustrating, but I truly believe it is because he thinks he can make absolutely every throw and he makes the majority of them. And he thinks Jamar can beat everybody too, he, he, no matter where the ball is. Yeah, exactly where I was going. He <laughs> these guys are going to win those battles. Mm-hmm. So when you see a, a frustrating throw like you did last week in the red zone with a lead, and he kind of floats one up to Chase, it's because not only does he believe that he can make that throw, but he also believes Chase is coming down with that ball. It's the same thing in that Green Bay game in, to open up uh, that that second half there where they were moving the ball and he threw the interception, he thought he could make that play. And you don't want to really take that away. I mean, you want to correct that. You don't want turnovers, but you don't really want to take that mindset away no. from yeah. the quarterback. You know, you want him always kind of making plays. It was kind of kind of the the Brett Favre mindset. Remember right. Brett Favre thought he, he – and, I mean, Favre had a cannon, but yeah, I mean, it was basically I'm making every single throw on this field and you're not, you're not telling me otherwise. Right. I mean, well, it, it case in point, just look at the Chicago Bears game. The man, Jackpot Joe, he threw three interceptions in a row. Then he comes back and throws two touchdowns. Yeah. Like right after that. I mean, that's not normal. I mean, most guys would be gun shy or something. He's like, nah, screw that. We're going for it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then he brings him back. So I'm like, yes, he is one of the most confident guys I've ever seen. And I've said this multiple times on my show. I don't think he's cocky about it. There's a difference between like Baker Mayfield always comes off cocky to me, you know, but it, to me, it's like Baker Mayfield is trying to impress you. He's trying to prove to you that he's good. He's trying to prove to you this. Joe doesn't care. He knows he is. He doesn't care what you think. That's kind of the way I think about it. Yeah. And I, it's, it's almost, you know, I don't, cause I see, I see shades of cockiness from Aaron Rodgers as well, but it's a very, it's a very similar type of, uh, I've got this and almost as weird as it sounds, it's almost an air of this is easy for me. Right. It's almost, it's almost like this game's like easy. Right. I, you know, uh, and, and the one thing, there was one moment I put it on my, on my Twitter account. Um, there was a, a moment in this game, back to back plays. Joe Burrow took a shot, a late hit shot by Pernell McPhee in the back. I think McPhee went three full steps and got Joe in the back was was rightfully called for a roughing the passer penalty. You mm-hmm. want to know what happened the very next play? The the fifty plus yard touchdown to CJ Uzama. The very next play, <laughs> right? Exactly. So that that to me that's I mean yeah that's execution and that's guys being in the right place and making a play. But that is a a, a different kind of mindset from yeah. the quarterback that that comes from taking a shot getting a penalty, getting right back up in the very next play. Hey, by the way, we're going in the end zone. See <laughs> exactly. Come with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing I want to get back to the point you said too, about uh, how the players, I can't remember how you said, but have each other back or, or know they're going to be in the right situation. We had two plays back to back weeks that Jamar Chase made an unbelievable block in the Detroit game to, to spring Mixon. Drew Sample made an unbelievable block to, sp- to spring uh, CJ. Those are – that's exactly what you're talking about. Those are the plays you're, you're, you're talking about where I'm going to go do this. I know my guys are going to do what they're supposed to do, and that's the way everybody on all levels of this football team are. They all believe and trust in the guy next to them. That is a, a fantastic point. I've been I've been critical of Drew Sample just based on where he was selected and the lack of him being a pass-catching threat, but – he does a bit of the dirty work like that, right? Yeah, and yeah. the unheralded work, if you will. I'll say this too: um, there was a CJ Uzama had a you know a selfless type of block in a situation like that on a on a blitz pickup. You saw Drew Sample do the same. Joe Mixon, and I, I also want to give kind of a, a shout out to Samaj P. Ryan because yes. P. 
Ryan had a, a, another block or two picking up blitzes. P. Ryan was a guy we all said, hey, it's Chris Evans' time, yeah, right? I, We're, I he was on the COVID list last week. You know, he buy. We don't we don't need Samaje P. Ryan. Well, what does he do? He's he picks up blockers or he picks up blitzes rather as a blocker. He has a 46-yard touchdown run. And oh, by the way, I think it was it was Trent Green on the telecast who noted one play after he scores that gut punch of a touchdown at the end, he's going back out there on kickoff coverage. Yeah. So yeah. this is the type of thing I think where we were we felt like we were fed this line of I don't want to call it BS, but you kept hearing Zach Taylor talk about the culture and the guys they're bringing in and this mm-hmm. and that, and we kind of went, oh well, I mean that sounds great, but when you're winning four games a year, whatever. But now you're seeing kind of the fruits of that because they've built the team up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback's healthy, and so you you get to spotlight some of these things like you're talking about a Drew Sample picking up a a, a blitz, Samaje Pirine doing kind of a lot of the the stuff that goes unnoticed and doing a lot of things in all you know kind of multiple facets on special teams and offense. So I agree with you, man. I you know we're just kind of seeing a special thing this year, and I think we're seeing some of the things that Zach has talked about for a long time finally start to pay yes. off. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I gotta get. To, I got some more. We can keep talking about this, but I will get to something. To, uh, no, no, sorry, I'm, I'm, yak, I'm yakking. I apologize. No, you're good. I'm I'm good at that too. We'll just keep rambling on. But uh, uh, Maddie says the Bengals are just a good, balanced team, and with the offense having so so many weapons, it's hard for teams to cover them on defense. And that's the thing, Anthony. Is to me, we're just starting to scratch the surface of this offense. I mean, you know, for the first three, four games, everybody's like, where's this offense at? Where, you know, what are we doing? We just put 41 on the Ratbirds. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best defensive teams around. So to me, we just scratched the surface of it. And like you just said, you know, I, I was like, oh, Chris Evans is, is going to be our, our RB2. Samarja's so like, hold up. <laughs> I'm still good. So we still, we got three really good running backs that do different things that you can use in this offense. And they're, I won't say interchangeable, but it's going to be hard to cover them because you could – okay, you, you take this away from us. All right, we're going to put Chris Evans out there. We're going to split him out wide. All right, we're going to we're going to do this with Joe Mixon. You know, there's so many different things and different nuances to this offense that I don't think Zach's hit all, all of his tricks yet that, that he has. The scary thing is we haven't even seen the best that we have traditionally seen out of Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins yet. Right. Yes. So T. Higgins has had a little bit – I mean, he started off okay. He had a nice touchdown. He had a couple of injuries. Uh, had a couple touchdown catches, but has been uh, a little uh, a little quieter the past few weeks. And I think some of that has to do with coming back from the injury. But like last week, he had multiple types of contested catches. One of the, the strengths of him coming into the league was c- contested catches. And he, he's been struggling with that this year. So mm-hmm. um, still not seeing the top from him. And I expect that we will see quite a few nice games from him. Boyd had the one explosive game, but... Um, he's been relatively quiet, and you've but you've had Chase explode on the scene. You've had CJ Uzama make play after play, and and so yeah, I mean to your point, we haven't even seen the best of of what potentially we could see from this from this offense. And I want to I want to add this, Jeff. I've been something I've noticed from week one when I was there at the game, and mm-hmm. after, and up to last week. The Bengals are absolutely dominating the fi- their final possession going into halftime mm-hmm. and their first one coming out of coming out of the tunnel in the third quarter. Yeah. It, it, whether they get the kick or not at, at, when right. they receive it at, in the third quarter or not. They they have 34 points in both uh, uh, across the seven games in both of those scenarios by my count and I mean that's just huge. That's just huge. Anthony, the thing is, the other point too, I'll put that is they're dominating in the second half. Yeah, and and, and I put that all on Zach, and 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 I, I keep bringing this up, and I'm not trying to bang on Marvin Lewis, but Marvin Lewis would drive me nuts because it would never make seem like they would never make the right second half adjustments, or if any at all. Zach makes them all the time, and we come out firing, and and it's it's awesome, and we they they have dominated the second half. On most of these games, I mean, how good? And we're all worried about the offensive line. How good was the offensive line in the second half? I mean, yes, they they did sack Burrow in the second half, but they didn't touch him. They hit him more in the first half than they did the second half. They barely touched him in the in the second half. Your best offensive lineman had the worst 
game in Jonah Williams. And they still were able to run the ball in the second half. Jonah Williams having a rough day ended up cleaning cleaning things up in the second half quite a bit. His rough spots were in the first half against Justin Houston. And if you notice, Justin Houston was a was a non-factor really in this in the final two quarters. Um, so, you know, I, th- there were some pressures. It, it continues to be imperfect on the offensive line, but they show improvement. They show marginal improvement. And, you know, th- the other thing, and I think this goes with being able to score via the air, but they were not able to run the football in the first two quarters. And then right. all of a sudden, when they kept going toe to toe and started to pull away, mm-hmm. guess what gets opened up? The yep. lane for Joe Mixon, the lanes for Samaj P. Ryan to make those two big runs in and score touchdowns and a couple of other nice first down runs by Mixon. So, um, yeah, things, you know, things are working well. Again, I, I don't think this is a world beating offensive line unit. I don't think that the talent level will be there at that point. There may be even a sense of a little bit of overachievement at this. At this, hey, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, based on what we've seen, but. Again, when you have, you know, by pro football focus grades, you had arguably the worst pass blocking day by Jonah Williams, at, at least in recent memory that I can think of. Right. Um, and really, that was kind of more uh, from two quarters and right. not the final two. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're picking things up. And, and one thing, going back to what you said about the Bengals under Marvin, the other thing that would drive you nuts, aside from not coming out well to start a second half, is how they would usually end second quarters. Yeah. They would allow a score. They would get the ball back with maybe under a minute or something like that, and they would curl into their shell and yes. go into halftime. And yes. so there is, and I love, I love Marvin. I love. I do too. I do too. But that when you start seeing that halftime third quarter performance this year, as opposed to what it has traditionally been, that's a big difference. Oh, I love it. I I, I get so fired because. I mean, we're going in. Most games we're going in, we're scoring at halftime, and then we're scoring out of out of half. I mean, it's right. it's that is that's a game changer right there. If you put two scores on them, with I mean, you got to have the coin flip, which we didn't get it this week, which was the first time. But you stopped them, and then you went and scored again. That's a game changer. That two scores on them you, without them really even get a chance to do anything. Now, uh, yes, yes, here says uh, a question here. Chris Evans as punt returner um i have not i've been out of practice and i have not seen him back there at all uh doing punt returns so i don't even think that's uh i'm not saying they're not going to but i know he's not practicing as that i wouldn't mind it but i mean what happened to trent um turner or is that my say his name right taylor, well, taylor. They, so they have trent Irwin in there and they're giving him a shot i haven't really been overly impressed there i i that's exactly where i was going to go trent taylor is on yeah. the practice squad yeah the guy who they really liked as a punt return option and it was Irwin who really ended up you know uh, taylor was the guy that was impressing in spring and in early parts of summer and it was Irwin who started to pull away from that wide receiver competition in preseason games with, right and, and more into training camp so they went with Irwin over Taylor. Taylor is on um, is on the practice squad. He was hanging out. I don't know if you saw that uh, photo from Jeff Ruby. Uh, he, I think they were all hanging out at, at the, the yeah. restaurant. Yeah, and I think Taylor was part of that crew. Yeah, uh, obviously Uzama and uh, you. No, you use use what was the word thing by the band? Well, how how he said it on a Good Morning Football. Use it. Use them. That's what he said. Good Morning Morning Football. CJ Uzama. I'm like it's. Uzama, Uzama. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. He, he's like, I know it's a hard name, but if you're gonna give him props, at least try to say his name <laughs> right. But I, I can't, I can't bang on Good Morning Football too much because they always give us, you know, give the Bengals a lot of props. So, so I can't bang on them too much. Uh, Ad here says, I think all the wideouts will score. T. Jamar Boyd in Sunday's game at the Plains on my wait at the Plains on my bad. I mean the Jets. <laughs> so he thinks they're all going to score. Which I mean, honestly, Anthony, I, I know it's it's a trap game, and we got. And I, am, am I right? Is the is it the bye week after the Jets game, or is it the Browns game then the bye? I think it's the bye week after the Jets game. I think it is. Oh, let me just double check because uh, now you got me second guessing a little bit. Yeah, but I, I thought because I thought for the whole time I thought it was a bye I week. I think they have the um, the bye week. Right. Let's see here. So they've got, and uh, they, yeah. So they've got the buy. Uh, 
after Cleveland. Okay, so sorry. Between, so between right, Cleveland Cleveland. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, it was it was before the Raiders game. That's kind of what I was. Uh, yeah. But so, I mean, um, you, you had me you had me second guessing that a little bit. Oh, well, I, uh, well, I was thinking the bye week was next week, and then I thought I read somewhere that it was after Cleveland's games, and I'm like, wait, am I? Uh, which I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. That's okay. It, it happens. Hey, but uh, there's I'm, a chance happened to that shift there. Uh, yeah. So it would be the week of November 14th is the is their bye week. Well, there's a chance, and I think a pretty darn good chance. It could be what seven and two going into the bye. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we, we're we had they were going on this road three game road trips, and a lot of us are like, you know, let's hope they at least win. You know, two out. They got at least win two out of three. You know, they might not win in Baltimore, but they got to win in New York, and they, they got to win in Detroit. They got a chance to win all three of them, and I think they got a chance of, of beating the the Browns. I, I excuse me, I, I cussed my own show. The Clowns. I think you know they're ripe for for the taking, but. I will give respect to the clowns. I their defense does scare me. Their offensive line is really good. I mean, they ran all over on Denver, so that part does scare me a little bit. I think it, it's not it's not going to be easy. It's a divisional game, but there is a chance it could be seven seven and two at, at the bye. There is there is a chance for that. The Browns are really banged up. They're still kind of putting it together with duct tape and bubble gum and all kinds of different stuff. They got to <laughs> scrape together a win against Denver on Thursday night and Baker's hurt and OBJ's hurt. And, you know, they've, they've got some, uh, you know, Nick Chubb has been hurt. Kareem Hunt is hurt. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot of big injuries on, on that team. Uh, I still, I still think that would be a, a tough win for the Bengals, but um, you know, again, that may go back to, I forget who it was, who asked us a question earlier about, um, I think it was Dustin maybe about the injuries and playing these teams when they're injured. And would there be more questions about that? And it, again, to me, it would be maybe about how the, how they handle that and the the kind of statement they make, but there are no easy games in the NFL. There are no, definitely no easy games in the AFC North, Mm. regardless of, of, you know, how up or down certain teams may seem. So, um, but I, but I do think that there is a viable, viable opportunity that the Bengals at least get to six and three, if not seven and two into the bye week. And then you've got a big, a, a big game against the Raiders. That's a big game. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're, the Raiders are playing a lot better than I thought they would after uh, they fired John Gruden. Now I agree with Nat, what Natty's saying here. He said, I don't, he said, I don't think this game's a trap game because the team isn't treating it like one. And that's one thing I really liked about how the Bengals reacted after they won this big game in Baltimore, which I, my personal experience, I think it's Zach Taylor's biggest win as the Bengals head coach, but it was a business trip. It, they weren't jumping around. I mean, yes, I know they were excited, but they're moving on. You know, it, it's not, I, I don't think they're going to get too high or too low. Joe Burrow won't let them. I don't think Jamar Chase will let them. I don't think like, like nice. The, uh, the captains on this team won't, won't let them do that. But actually I think uh, Ken here says that. Yeah. There's, there's a yeah. question from, Richard Hampton uh, earlier said, you know, hey, Anthony, why do you think the Jets game is a trap game? I don't really have a good reason as to why I think that. I think it's just I've watched and seen the team for a very <laughs> we, long we time. We got P- PTSD from for yeah, four, exactly four right. Bengals. Yeah, yeah exactly that's, right. what, that's what me and my guys are talking about at work today. And I'm like, dude, I really think they're going to win. Man, but you know, the Bengals, they always do this. I'm like, not this team. I don't think this team will. Yeah. I mean. And, but, and they, they proved it, like you like you said, they proved it once before to avoid that kind of stuff with the Lions. You know, that was a game that I thought, especially just kind of all the stuff that you heard about the Lions going into the week, the coach, you know, having an emotional postgame speech and, and all, you know, the stuff that they've come close to beating some good teams. And I just kind of was like, oh, man, that's kind of a little bit of an issue. But I, I think that this, uh, you know, I, I have a little bit of just kind of that, like you said, that PTSD yeah. from – from watching this team a little bit, maybe that's just creeping in too much, but I agree with a lot of your listeners and what you're saying about, I, you know, the leadership of this team won't let that happen. The talent disparity between these two teams, especially oh. with the Jets quarterback position this week is glaringly obvious. So the well, Bengals should, by all means, I think they're what eight, eight and a half point favorites or something like that right now. Um, you know, I, but the Bengals should go, by all means into New York and, and really walk all over the jets this week. It's just a matter of actually doing it um, and, and making sure that they do stay focused after the kind of win that they had last week. The good news is they walked out of Baltimore pretty healthy. Um, I think it was Cam sample who got uh, dinged up in that game. But other than that, especially with 
guys being able the last the last couple of weeks with the Lions and the Ravens being able to rest some of your starters towards the end of the game. And when you have these games in control, that's a big thing. That's a big deal. So, um, you know, the Bengals are in pretty good shape in that regard. And my thoughts are if the New England Patri- Patriots can go in there and put 50 on them, then the Bengals offense should be able to go in there and put 50 on them. Especially if you're putting 41 on Baltimore. I mean, they, they, I, I'm honestly, I'm hoping this ain't a game. This game is over at halftime and Burrow sitting there with, with the shades on and, and a, I'd love him have a jackpot Joey hat, but I don't think he's allowed to wear that on the <laughs> sideline. But that you know that, that that I'm hoping he's just chilling. You know, I hope him and him and Chase are just chilling over there and 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 just watching Brandon Allen. I told Brandon Allen, I said, uh, um, it's, when was it today? I don't remember what day. I was like, hey, I said, uh, you got to play two weeks in a row, and it wasn't because somebody got injured. I said, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, let's keep it going. <laughs> so yeah. that that's were you, at, I mean. were you at practice today? Yeah, yeah, I went down to practice today. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I go down there. I try to go down there every well Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday's kind of hard because they they do it earlier. Right. Luckily, I'm I work at night, so I get off work at time. I can go do it as long as I can stay awake. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool being uh, Maddie Myers were out there, and Maddie Myers is the one who does the jackpot Joey stuff. It's it's his his uh his baby. But uh, <laughs> Jamar and and T Higgins walked out. And Maddie just went nuts. You guys are doing awesome out there. Uh, you guys got me rolling. And I'm not kidding. They looked at us too and just started cracking up laughing. <laughs> like these two are crazy. I mean, we've been out there so many times. Not that they know I'm Jeff Trenop or I'm Strawberry Ice or I don't know. They were just the guys that had the jackpot Joey stuff. But it's, it's kind of cool. And I, Joe knows who we are because I didn't even say anything to him this time. And he pointed and said, hey, guys, what's up? I'm like, hey, Joe, how you doing, bud? So. Uh. <laughs> It was just kind of cool. Anyway. The regulars, the regulars. Yeah, the yeah, we're we're the regular guys that are that are crazy that, that go and hang up hang on the bridge. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's see your crypt keeper. Let's go here. Uh, Ice Anthony, does it worry you guys? We got a lot of guys, uh, big key guys. Their contract are up after this year. CJ Ogunjobi, Reef Bates, Spain. Uh, I'm there, but there's a lot of guys that are signed too. So, yeah, I'm a little worried about it, but I really think they're they're going to sign most of them. I mean, uh, I mean, because I don't know. What, what's your thought? I'm not that worried about it, to be honest. What's your thoughts, Anthony? So, number one, depending on how many of these guys they're able to retain, I think that'll tell us a lot more also about that culture and about what Zach Taylor is building in there because that'll show that they have the desire to stay here. Right. I think, I think Quentin Spain – likes it in Cincinnati. And I think he could probably be had on a, on a multi-year deal. I think Ogan Joby, that may be a little trickier because he may be a bit more expensive. Uh, Bates is going to be the most difficult. We know that because he's just going to be the most expensive. I think mm-hmm. CJ will stay. If, if he, if you offer him yeah. a fair deal and he ends yeah. up continuing to play, I think, I think he wants, I mean, he's kind of become their social media star now and he's <laughs> right. kind of getting a little more national run based on things. He's getting far mm-hmm. more statistics this oh, year than he, the, you know, so I think, I think really, I think you have a really good shot at Spain at CJ. I think you've got a decent shot at Oak and Joby, depending on how much he wants to be paid. And I hope they hang on to that guy. My God. Mm-hmm. Um, Reef. It's important to note. He has an additional option, a, a second year option on his contract. So the Bengals could exercise that he's technically, you know, that you, you could do something with that in 22 or they can make him a uh, an unrestricted free agent if they wanted to do that. I think is how that thing is structured. So that's uh, that's that's something that you, you need to note. And I think I think the reef thing is going to be how confident they are in Deontay Smith, Hakeem Adeniji, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any one of those guys to potentially take over, or if they want to invest in another tackle in the draft and, and go that route. You may want you also to. Got, you also got BJ Hill too. I think they 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 liked him as far as maybe. Yeah, he's in a contract year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or not, not BJ. It'd be uh, nice to keep the bulk of these guys together, obviously, to keep the chemistry that going that they currently have. So, but uh, there's a lot of guys that were. Um, I think winning <laughs> will help, and them wanting to play with Joe Burrow, knowing they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, and that I think that's going to help with with Raleigh Reef and guys like that. Now, now Jesse Bates. Again, I was outside of practice. This was last week, and um, Troy Blackburn was walking by. And again, Troy Blackburn has no clue who I am. I said, "Hey, Troy, how you doing?" And I said, "Hey, real quick, 
I said, sign Jesse Bates. He stopped dead in his track to walk over to me and Maddie Myers. And he said, hey, I just want to let you guys know. He goes, we want to sign him. Now, this could be tongue-in-cheek. This could be just saying because, you know, I'm, I'm a fan or whatever. But he said that the that Jesse Bates' representatives wanted to wait till the offseason or next year because the expanded uh, salary cap. So mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. That's what he told me. And like, Interesting. That's that's some good info there. Um, it makes it makes sense, and it also makes sense that you know maybe the Bengals had an offer that was somewhat fair, but Jesse Bates is seeing these other deals that safeties are getting and, yeah. or were getting, and kind of said, you know, I need to be up here, and they weren't that close, mm-hmm. um, and, and so maybe they were going to let this season ride. Jesse Bates is playing well; he's not having necessarily the huge impact plays that we saw last year. But he and that defense is playing well, and and I hope they keep him. It sounds like Jesse Bates does want to stay as well. well I think he does. Yeah, from I, I, yeah. yeah, from the things that he's been saying, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of show show me the money time a little bit as well. So I, you know, I I would have liked, and I know we all would have liked to see the Bengals get that contract done. Usually when they do those types of things for core players mm-hmm. in the in you know the summertime, but um, you know we, we'll we'll see what happens there. And then of course I we could be looking at a franchise tag situation as well, right? And that, but that's one thing I will never fault a football player for trying to get as much money as he can because right. th- their careers are so short and you get injured, it's over. They can cut you no matter what, you know, and you, you know, I wonder what the percentage is actually of NFL contracts of them actually getting fulfilled. You know, how many guys, if you sign a, you know, five-year contract, you only get three years of it and then, then they cut you or, you know, what, what is that? Cause most guys, I don't think fulfill them, but yeah, I will never, Get mad at any football player for trying to get their money. They got to get their money. This is a kind of a cool uh, thing here from Naden. He said, the last time the Bengals were in first place in the AFC was in 1988, and we made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the number one yeah, number one overall seed. Yeah, I think that was the last time, because I don't think Andy, any of Andy's teams ever had the number one overall seed. Best record? I know Carson. But actually, did we have that? Did we have that in 05? Do you remember? The Bengals were not the the first uh, seed in the AFC. If you remember, they were like, I think, one or two. Okay. And then what happened was they rested their guys at the yes. end, end of the That's year. And right. they lost, I think, I think it was to the Bills or yes. they lost a game or two at the end, which cost them uh-huh. a, a seed or two. And then that's how they drew the Steelers based on that. So, and we all know how that went. So, yeah. So, so to no, note to Zach Taylor, let's, let's stay at the number one seed overall and let's, let's, let's roll on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. LeVar has a question here. Question. Did Geno Atkins ever get signed somewhere? If not signed for playoff depth, I haven't heard anything. Have you about him getting signed anywhere? I, you know, I know there was he had some visits and whatnot, and some workouts with teams uh, this summer. Um, I don't remember seeing him signing anywhere at this point. Um, yeah, I think I think he's still uh, a free agent out there right now. Uh, you know, I. I don't know that it's not that I wouldn't want Geno Atkins back. I would definitely love to have Geno Atkins if it makes sense, but I think it's more, uh, you know, the Bengals have a pretty good thing going right now. How healthy is Geno Atkins at this point? So um, yeah, I, I I don't, and maybe, maybe if knock on wood, you know, I don't want there to be an injury, but if there is one, maybe that would make sense. But uh, for now I don't, well, that's that's the thing I'm with. A lot of people keep asking me, like, "Well, should we trade for for this guy? Should we add this guy? Should we add?" I'm like, if they're they're like uh, if there's guys that are out there, the Bengals probably aren't going to give up enough draft capital or whatever to get them. And the ones the guys they can get are they better than what you have? So that's where and and I, the way the chemistry is with this team, like you said, less injuries and you, you're going to have to. I don't really want to mess with anything right now. The way they're playing, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I, there are some, some possibilities you could look at, but I, I don't think that there's a trade that the Bengals would make and or players who may be available that would move the needle all that much. Um, so I don't, uh, I, you know, I don't really see a big move coming there. Plus I think one of the areas you would want to have them shore things up 
They did so potentially with Trey Flowers, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that he's you know gonna gonna fix all the the problems, but at least he's some added depth and a guy who started some games this year. Right. Um, so I think you know that's in a way one of the trades, quote unquote. Yeah. Even that, that's more. That's more of the things we got. We got to get depth pieces. We're not gonna get, get anybody to come in here. I think it's start because I mean, I, I people ask me, you think you think uh, Trey Flowers is going to start? I said, no, <laughs> I said, no, he's a, Eli Apple is going to start. And actually Eli Apple, people got to give Eli Apple credit last three games. Mm-hmm. He's played pretty good. You haven't heard his name. So, I mean, he's going to start. And, and when uh, Trey, uh, um, uh, oh my goodness, I always do this. There are too many Trey. Who's the cornerback that's injured? Uh, well, there's Trey Waynes and then Trey Waynes. Thank you. Trey Flowers. Yeah. And then they have Trey yeah. Hopkins. And yeah, I know. There's too, there's too many trays, but when Trey yeah. Waynes comes back, I, I think he's going to be the obviously the starting cornerback. But we'll see. All right, uh, quote a great here. Can we get some clarity on what was going on in the transaction between Marvin and Zach Era? There seems to be a lot of drama. Dunlap, Dunlap, Zach, uh, Jackson, etc. Well, I think you had, in my opinion, I think you had Marvin guys who didn't like what Zach Taylor wanted them to do and didn't believe in him is what I think. They had a lot of guys in there. Zach had to get the right guys in the building, I think. Yeah, I think, look, um, I I have immense respect for what Marvin Lewis did. Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. I think when the time to part with Marvin was the the – the year after that, or, or the same year as that wild card loss in 2015, that was kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. And maybe, maybe you gave him 2016 and see how that one played out. But um, I think that was about time that you, you said, you know, we've kind of seen enough here. Let's start rebuilding this thing in another direction. Um, lo and behold, he hung around for a couple more years, and I think by the end there, he was burned out. I think the whole thing just kind of got stale. The Bengals had great players like like Atkins and Dunlap and others. And I think I don't know if you've ever experienced this, uh, Jeff, but, you know, I'm sure at some point, whether it's when you're a 16 year old kid and you're working somewhere or if you're in corporate America or somewhere in between, mm-hmm. when there is a management change, when there is a leadership right. change, when there's any of that stuff and you are a little bit lower in the the pecking order in terms of an employee, there, there is a little bit, and if you've been there for a while, you kind of maybe feel a little bit like, I, I don't know if entitled is the right word, but you you feel like, you know, how's no, this? Like, no, no, that's not the way we do this. We, You don't know. I got to teach you how we do stuff here. Right, yeah. right. And sometimes if you've been there for a while, um, you, you can kind of have a little bit of a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a budding of heads. I don't know about all of that. I do know that that roster was aging. I do know that there were glaring issues with the roster that Zach Taylor inherited. I do know that Zach Taylor had a not a great draft class as his first draft class yeah. um, with the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I mean, there were there were kind of a couple of issues both that he inherited and that he put him on, put on himself. Obviously, there was AJ Green's injury the first year he was there, and all kinds of different stuff. So, um, look, I mean, there's a myriad of factors we can go back and forth on it. Um, I think a lot of it is two way streets. I think that. Dunlap had some good points, but also just wasn't responding to Luana Rumo. And, uh, you know, I, I think there was a lot of back and forth with that. And uh, it just kind of led with the leadership ca- change came a lot of other roster changes. Well, and the good thing with that, too, is I'll say is is they got him out of the building. And, and how many times have, you know, we've seen disgruntled Bengal players and they don't get rid of them. You know, they, they keep them. They let them hang around. They got rid of them as fast as they could because they needed to get that, I'm not going to say cancer, but that negativity out of the locker room. And it wasn't until after that, that's when the Bengals uh, beat the, the the Squealers on Monday Night Football. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's that, that's another change that I like that this organization has done different to things than things they've done in the past. Yeah. Um, also, I, I just kind of, thought of something both in terms of locker room culture that we're talking about the Zach's building and the Geno Atkins question that we, uh, we received, I think Mike Daniels is still on the team's practice squad. He is. Yeah, yep. So He's still there. I mean, that might, that might be a guy that also the Bengals just kind of say, we're going to elevate him and uh, not go the Geno Atkins route. And that's a guy who was a big, you know, you mentioned the Steelers game last year, the Bengals came up huge. Mike Daniels was big in that game. And, um, he, he was a locker room leader, really, for, mm-hmm. for last mm-hmm. year and a guy that was a, a big integral part for that team, not 
not kind of forming a mutiny in a, in a not so great year. And um, so that could be a guy that they, they lean on if there's an issue going forward. Now this, I'm, I'm, if this happens, I am definitely not gonna be able to watch the Super Bowl with my wife at all. Uh, but Jim Burr versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, that would be a great match. It would be a great match. But I, I, I flat told her, I said, because you, you probably, you, I think you know, Anthony, she's from Florida. So she's a, a, a Buccaneer fan. I told her, I said, if that happens, she said, because she told me, like, wouldn't that be fun? I go, no, that wouldn't be fun at all. I would hate it. Yeah. I said, because one, if your team wins, I'm going to be pissed and I ain't going to be ha- fun to be around. And if my team wins, trust me, I'm not a, I'm not a fun winner. I mean, if you're not rooting for my team, no, no, no. So I'm like, like her, her and her family, if, if like you go down to Florida, go watch it with them. I'll go to California. I'll go hang out with Anthony and we'll go watch the Bengals. Yeah, there you go. go to the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I, I don't think that would be a good, I mean, I, great matchup, but it would be good for me. <laughs> it, would, it would be a fun matchup. I've been more and more intrigued with uh, the Bengals playing the Cardinals. Um, and, and I guess that's easy to easy to say with Cardinals being the Cardinals being undefeated, but just Kyler versus Burrow. You got AJ Green. You've got wide receivers galore on both teams. The defenses could make plays. I don't know that that to me just although the markets aren't the biggest in terms of what the draws are in the NFL, you would have two of the best young quarterbacks in the league and uh, two just really kind of seemingly well constructed teams at this moment in time. So. That would be a really interesting matchup for me. Exactly. Now, there's another comment. Oh, yeah. Bengals and Rams. Yes, yes. So that one, that's a good, that would be a good one as well. <laughs> that, that one would be very interesting because you'd have the, 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 uh, the teacher versus the student with, uh, with Zach Taylor. Yeah. Now, one, yeah. actually, now that I brought that up, this is one I've been thinking of, I wanted to bring up here. One thing, I, have we talked about how CJ Uzama has, has become a, 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 a key, or not only say key, but a part of this offense. Which this offense is never actually designed like the Rams. They don't throw their to the tight ends. And this is supposed to be the version of the Rams' offense. To me, that is Zach Taylor listening to his players, seeing what he has, and be able to change things. You know, with his personnel, I, I think I, I, I'm very impressed with that. With the way because people are like, we don't, we need a tight end. We don't have a tight end. I'm like CJ Uzama is pretty good. I, I, I liked him, but. It's not only that, they're actually making plays for him now or, or, or get, putting plays in for him, I should say. And I, I think that's cool the way Zach is morphing the offense to fit his personnel. Yeah, there. I mean, there were a couple players that made decent stats for the um, for the Rams that were tight ends. You know, Jared Everett was one, and, and there were a couple of years in there. I think it also is dependent upon the quarterback too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the system is, is one thing. Uh, Taylor has a lot of – things from the Ram system. I think he has tweaked it to make it his own as well, but you, you could also look at the fact, especially now Stafford and Burrow um, Burrow likes to use the middle of the field. And there's a lot of intermediate passing and there's a lot of sometimes shorter passing. He has added the deep ball definitely. And that has come via Uzama and chase, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think we knew that the intermediate passing game was going to be one of Burrow's biggest strengths in the NFL. And I think that's kind of where you go, well, maybe we should think about using the tight end a little bit more, move those chains. And that's why Tyler Boyd was a big focal point last year. Um, You know, I, and again, like you said, I think it's also kind of playing to uh, something that's a a strength in your roster. And if there is a bracketing of chase at, at certain points, then you can utilize, I mean, there, there were points because if you look, back at the Baltimore game, there are points where, I mean, Uzama was, was on the second touchdown left largely alone because they had four, four guys coming up on, on, uh, you know, I think it was chase on a wide receiver and Uzama was just by himself on that second touchdown. So um, that's yeah, the kind of, and then, you know, that's going to have more and more, and, you know, yeah. 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 That's going to have more and more. I think the, the more we, we get down the, the line here, because uh, people are going to have to try to start stop a chase somehow. <laughs> But I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. A quill. There we go. Uh, do do you think overall facilities in the stadiums need and uh, revamping soon? Um, the stadium is fine. I mean, they need a. I think an, eventually an indoor practice facility, which I know. Uh, uh, what's his face says all the time on his show. Uh, Pat back. Yeah, 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 he's always he's always ca- talking about that. And which, yeah, but the thing is, if they really need one, they can go to UC. But yeah, I would 
I would like him to get that. But all right, Big Howard, sixty-eight says, Iceman Anthony Huday. It's nice to see Bengals so healthy at this point in the season. The organization and the fans deserve lots of success. He's got the Bengals forty-three, the Jets ten. There you go. And let's see a wolf. 77, that's true, but if you check your... Okay, he's talking to somebody else. Never mind. <laughs> They're having their own conversation in there. They're having their own uh, conversation, yeah. i get a couple more, and then I'll let you get on out of here, Anthony. Uh, Nathan, what's the difference between or with our current Bengals team and the Bengals we, teams we had in the past? Um, My opinion, I, won't, I don't want to say attitude, but I think... um, How do I want to put this? The, the moment isn't too big for them. That I think that's that's kind of the best way to put it because the t- especially we talk about well just the Marvin Lewis teams in general because you go back to, to Carson and them they never won a playoff game they uh, they struggled in prime time you know it's always the moment was always seems like it was always too big for them you know I don't know if that I kind of blame that on Marvin because it, it was like that throughout his whole tenure here these guys I don't think the moment's too big for them I because I, I mean we got Joe Burrow played in the in the national championship game Jamar Chase hit. T- Play the national championship game, and those are huge games. They're really? about, that's about as big as you're going to get, as close to playing in the Super Bowl as you're going to get without playing in one. So that's what I think. I don't. Know. What, what's your thoughts there, Anthony? Well, I mean, they're they're Jonah Williams national championship team, Jackson Carmen national championship team, T Higgins national championship team, Joe Burrow. So th- that's a great point in terms of who they have brought in and the games in which those those players have played. I think the coach has always exuded a form of confidence. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, it it hasn't resonated until this year, until it actually has started to work. Um, and, and so I, I just I, I feel like that, like you said, kind of, and I think one of your other listeners said it earlier. It's just kind of the team embodying maybe the Joe Burrow mindset, where it's yep. just, I think I was natty. Um, yeah, you know, it, I, it's we've got this. And it's yeah. not, it's not a, it's not the showiness of the Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, which was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Right. And I loved that team, those right. teams, but, and it, and it wasn't the, you know, the brashness of the, the Adam Joneses and others on, on some of these other teams. It's just guys who are just kind of, I mean, they're, they're exuberant and they're, they're, they're playing for each other, but go back and watch some of these clips. And I know we're running up on time there, so I don't want to talk too much, but Go back and watch some of the clips uh, that that touchdown by Jamar Chase, the the eighty two yarder. Watch the sideline. Yeah. Go watch the sideline and watch the players on the sideline and what they do. And and it's maybe a little thing, but it's something that sticks out to me. And it's it's confidence. It's having fun, and it trickles down from the coach to the quarterback to the rest of the team. And I think CJ Uzama said it this week as well, where he said, you know, I just feel like with Joe Burrow at quarterback, we are never out of the game. Right. Exactly. All right, one more, one more comment here, and I'll let you get out of here. Uh, and this, I, I find this kind of interesting. Uh, William uh, says here, I think Chase is better than Chad and AJ. Well, over the first seven games, he's better than anybody. <laughs> he's got you know more yardage than anybody. Um, so he's off to a really good start. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of compare that to where people have said that this is the best Bengals team ever. Okay, it's not the best Bengals teams ever. We, we, yes, pump the brakes there. We went to two Super Bowls. Those are the two best teams ever. The only way this team's going to be the best team ever if you win a Super Bowl. So everybody's got to calm down on that. Yes, I'm a huge Chase fan. He's the chosen one. He's Uno. Chad and AJ. AJ could be a Hall of Famer. Chad's the borderline Hall of Famer. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But Anthony, tell everybody what uh, you got coming up. I know you got the Orange and Black podcast, and you and John always have a great time on there, and Cincy Jungle and all that cool stuff. Yeah, we've got the Orange and Black Insider. It's coming up at usually a little little later, but we're coming up uh, in just about a half an hour from now. So um, we'll be going live then, and then, of course, it'll be available on all kinds of different platforms and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So Orange and Black Insider, which is one of the podcasts on CincyJungle.com. So uh, check it out. And of course we do, I do a little bit of writing as does my co-host John Sheeran on Cincy jungle with some news, some opinions, analysis, all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff is on Cincy jungle. And then you can go find the orange and black insider YouTube channel and the Cincy jungle podcast channel. Exactly. 
and I'm subscribed to both of them. So make sure you go yeah. go listen Thank to you. them. And uh, and I enjoy having you guys on the show. I'm glad you guys both, you and John, both have come on my show multiple times. It's always fun having you guys on here. And now both of you have awesome looking hats. Uh, so I'm very happy to see that well, we'll be on the next episode. On our next episode, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just glad, I'm just glad it, it got straightened out for you because you know shipping from Cincinnati to California is a a, a a pretty good long way. So you said it was crunched. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. It it, it uh, I just needed to put up the the bridge of the cap a little bit. It was good. It was good. Yeah, so you got you got the flat bill. We know you like the flat bills. So yes. I hooked you up. <laughs> All right, Anthony, take it easy, brother. Who day? Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. As always, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Anthony's one of my favorite guys to have on the show. He is a blast to hang out with because I actually did get to hang out with him when he was at the uh, Bengals game. The what was it, the Jaguars game? or No, no, it was a Minnesota. I don't remember. One of the games. There have been so many games. I, <laughs> I can't remember. But let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home. Third. Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trunapole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off later on this week, later on this week, later on tonight, and putting it up on the podcast. I know Monday's show, somebody tweeted me out, a couple guys tweeted me out, said I the Monday show wasn't on the podcast. I don't know what happened. It would not let me download the sound i don't know why it let me do it yesterday so yesterday's show is up on the podcast today's show should be up on the podcast make sure you rate like and review it's on bean pod apple itunes spotify stitcher google play pretty much wherever you get your podcast youtubers i'm at 1,109 or excuse me 1,409 subscribers that is awesome as always i appreciate every single one of you guys please help me out I got a goal for myself, and the only way I can achieve it is with your help. And my goal is to reach 2,000 subscribers by the time the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I'm just talking into existence, and they win the Super Bowl. So please help me out. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors about sports with strawberry ice. Get them to subscribe and like and share. I would greatly appreciate it. And other than that, as my boy, who someday will come back on the show, Jeremy. Dime bag, these nuts likes to say, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? What's on tonight? Blue Jackets? Baseball? Oh, there's some kind of sports on. You guys enjoy your evening. Have a couple beers, eat some chicken wings, watch some sports, chill out, and check me out tomorrow. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!
my queen, we gon' show the 